Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Find Your Model Health, the official podcast for those looking to optimize their long-term health and weight goals and understand how their body really works. I am your host. I'm Shemay Linney. I'm a fitness and nutrition expert, certified iridologist, nutritional therapist, and biohacker, and I'm very happy to have you back with me for another part of your day. I am very excited to welcome two incredible guests to the podcast this week. But before I go on, I must remind you that the information in these podcast episodes is for informational purposes only and should not be taken as medical advice. Please consult your health practitioner before making any lifestyle changes. So today I welcome Dr. Ann Cooper and Dr. Q Collins from the Deuterium Depletion Centers. Um, Anne is a native of Australia who earned her doctorate in chiropractic from Cleveland Chiropractic, graduating with honors while on the Dean's List and winning the Charles Gibson Award for Clinical Excellence. Her growing commitment to total health and innovative healing therapies led her to continue on with over 20 years of postdoctoral experience in functional medicine and a master's in acupuncture and traditional Chinese medicine. And she also graduated from that with honors too. She's also a licensed esthetician. Uh, and certified in clinical nutrition, applied kinesiology, functional medicine, energetic medicine, herbal medicine. I could go on. That's quite, <laughs> quite the TV. And then Dr. Q. Um, he, Dr. Q Collins is a leading scientist when it comes to developing and applying nutrition and metabolic therapies to treat cancer and metabolic diseases in people and pets, which I know many of you will be interested in. He has a PhD in clinical immunology. He is an MS in oncotherapeutics, also a master's in business and health policy, a bachelor's in poverty, healthcare, and cancer epidemiology. He's the co-founder and principal investigator for the Center of Deuterium Depletion, the first clinic in the world to use deuterium and tracer technologies to describe and follow athletic performance, as well as health status in patients and metabolic cancer disorders such as cancer and much more. So I could go on because both of you have really extensive resumes. Um, and it's mind blowing that you even agreed to talk to me to say that I am excited is an understatement because I have been following your work since I told you since 2019 when I first came across deuterium. So welcome Dr. Cooper and Dr. Collins. Thank you for joining me. Well, thank you. Thanks very much. So um, I really wanted to get you on as I explained that deuterium is a passion of mine, like a deep passion. I'm always conscious of it based on the education I received from you guys and your website and previous interviews. But I don't think enough people not only are aware of deuterium, but are they take it seriously enough. We hear all this talk about other aspects of health and all these trends and this is popular and NAC and NAD and everything. But when someone says, if I say deuterium to someone, I pretty much get a blank face off them. They have no idea what I'm talking about. And it could possibly be one of the most important factors to health. I know you'll agree, but I wanted you to come on and just explain to my followers and listeners, what is deuterium and why should we have not just awareness, but some concern around it? Okay, I'll start. All right, so our world is made of hydrogens, as are we, and there are different types of hydrogen, one of them being deuterium, called deuterium. And I will say this. Many people who call us, who have listened and who have learned about it, tell me, I, don't, I can't believe I've never heard of this before. And my response is, yes, I understand. I hadn't heard of it through any of my education. 
uh, up until seven years ago, I did learn everything from Dr. Q. And I tell them it is amazing that this tiny little thing that we most of us have never heard of is having an impact on every biological and physical reaction in our body and very often negatively. Mm-hmm. So deuterium is different from hydrogen in that it has a higher molecular weight and size, meaning it's twice as big and twice as heavy. And that difference is what's affecting everything that's going on in our body because everything in our body works by pretty much like a lock and key. Enzymes fit in this and this fits here and this fits there. And when you put something bigger in there, it can kind of act like a bull in a china shop and create all sorts of problems. So we really do appreciate you getting this out there because, yeah, we do. We feel it's very important as the basic of health that people do understand this. Um, So that's what it is. And the next part was how it's affecting us. Yeah. How does deuterium in the body affect us in regards to health outcomes, not only now, but also in the future? Right. So on the cellular level, the first thing we learn when we go to pre-med is cellular physiology before we learn about body physiology. It's good to start from the very beginning. And inside ourselves, many people do know that we have mitochondria and that's where we churn out energy. We have little motors in there. And the problem with getting too many big hydrogens in there, they actually go around and they break the motors so that your ability to make energy can slowly, slowly, slowly diminish. A lot of the time you don't even notice it, but one day you go, gosh, why am I so tired? I just don't have the energy I used to have. And people tend to go to coffee and things like that, which is just like a quick shot of energy. It's not sustaining. It doesn't last very long. And then you kind of rely on that, which actually can wear you down because it's actually kind of fake energy. Um, And other ways it can impact us is just, for example, getting into our cholesterol. It looks different. The molecular structure is different. So when the sun hits our skin, it um, isn't able to make our cholesterol available to make steroid hormones, which is vitamin D and our sex hormones, um, testosterone and estrogen. Mm-hmm. Just two small examples. Um, Dr. Q will explain to you when we accumulate too much inside our DNA, it actually kind of makes space in there because it's bigger and that leaves room for uncontrolled cell growth. So when I heard about it, Dr. Q has been a cancer researcher his entire career and he started working with cancer patients, which has been used very successfully in Europe for 35, probably 40 years by now. So he brought it to America. But when I heard about it, I thought, well, that's amazing and wanted to be involved because as a functional medicine practitioner, we all take pride in getting to the root of the problem. But when I heard about this, I thought, well, can't get much smaller than this, and this really does make sense to me. So I switched all my patients into deterring depletion before they did anything else. Um, and yeah, so I work with all the you know non-cancer patients and all of my own personal patients that I'd like more energy and I know someone with cancer. So we just started to grow organically that way. And then, you know, we did some interviews and some podcasts and it really kind of, you know, grew from there. Yeah. But we do want more people to be yeah. aware of this. And yeah. I'd like to actually add on to what Anne said, which is show us this thing so beautiful, more beautifully than I do. But Really, if you really think about it, it, it at the simplest way to think about this, so it's no longer no longer overwhelming or un, or not able to be understood, is it's really 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 simple. Hydrogen is the most plentiful um, element in the universe, right? It's every place. It, it determines life, and it just so happens that there are two types of hydrogens, like Anne said. But instead of calling it deuterium, let's make it easy. Call it big hydrogen. They have big hydrogen and little hydrogen. That's really the way to think about it. And these hydrogens, which we always think of as water, because really we're all through our lives, we're any place from 68% to 82% water, depending on how old we are. And that water is the most important thing, not only to us as humans, but to the world. And here's what's really neat. Everything that we see in ourselves, we see in the planet, right, like global warming, pollution, all these things are exactly the same, and they all have to do with water. 
And they all have to do with the amount of deuterium, big hydrogen in this water, right? Even when we talk about global warming, we always talk about CO2. It's not CO2. It's actually the water in the atmosphere, which has too much big hydrogen in it. Mm -hmm. And so just like more people are getting cancer, when you think of global climate change, you should think of it as the earth getting cancer. It's the same exact thing. And so, so if we start from there with that premise and understanding that hydrogen is not only, as Anne said, going to our mitochondria to make energy, but it actually holds everything together. It's the nuts and bolts, like she said, that makes the proteins and makes the fats and makes our muscles and makes our bones. Everything is held together in our brain. <laughs> Everything's held by hydrogen, everything. And so when you replace too many small hydrogens, little hydrogens with big hydrogens, you run into problems. And those are not only problems that we can see, you know, I mean, really deformities, but problems we can't see that we we can feel. Uh, and so, well, but maybe perhaps to help your audience um, visualize it, when we think of water, H2O, everybody knows that two hydrogens and one oxygen atom. So now we want people to visualize one hydrogen atom one deuterium atom, and then the oxygen. So your H2O is being replaced in your body more than it should be by HDO. Mm. Yeah. And it's not a toxin. Think about that, too. That's the yeah. only thing we want people to understand. They always say, oh, it's a toxin. It's bad for you. It actually isn't bad for you. It's important. It makes you grow. It, it makes you who you are. But the problem is there's so much more of it now and all the things we do to get rid of it have been really destroyed diminished. by diminished or destroyed by being modern people. So we'll leave that one there that now. So is part of that, so for people that are aware, this is what might be referred to as heavy water because the deuterium isotope makes it heavier. So would that be age related too, and I've heard Dr. Jack Cruz also talk about this, that as we get older and we finished growing, then not only do we not need to grow anymore and deuterium helps things grow, but we also then have compromised systems. We're less able to metabolize different molecules and detoxify. So it's not so much a problem when you're young because you want to grow and you want to be a footballer and everything. But as you get older, then you hit this point of almost no return where you don't want too much of this. So, so yes, and I appreciate Jack repeating a lot of the stuff that, that he's learned from us. Uh, but when we think about this, it is true. It's just everything that you know about health now is we don't add anything to that. But what we can tell you now is how to look at it and how to slow it down and how to measure it. So, mm -hmm. yes, as you get older, you it's not that you don't need the term anymore. It's just that you can't you're not removing it as well as you did. Yeah. yeah. So you have more in you. But it's because the reason you're the reason that you're not removing it more. Is because of all the things you already know. You're not exercising. Please. You don't. You, well, yeah, you, you're, you're not. You're not exercising. You're not sleeping as well. You're not breathing as well. You're not eating as well. And so, old age or aging is really is something that should be a lot more non-existent than it is now. And mm -hmm. so, we always tell people with a lot of the young people that we work with that if they started this in their 20s and 16s and teens, that they could be a 120-year-old good-looking corpse, and they simply <laughs> die healthy, right? Which is what you're <laughs> supposed to do. You die healthy because, yeah. you know, it's just the problem. We are so used to dying unhealthy, which is not natural. Yeah. I, I, so I was saying to you, as I said in the beginning, my awareness around deuterium was... Um, back in 2019 when I got a cervical cancer diagnosis and the, the only option was hysterectomy. And I was like, well, I don't want any more kids, but I'm way too young to have, like, are you insane even offering me that? Like, so then of course, based on my profession and I have a very curious mind, I came across work by 
Thomas Cowan on the his cancer book and then that led me down the rabbit hole and I then became more proactive in what I think was a deuterium depleted diet and lifestyle and supporting deuterium depletion and when I even look at myself now and I actually had my I think it was my 100th checkup last week at the um, here in Canada it's a foothills cancer clinic and they said oh you're perfect everything's great and I'm like well, thank God I didn't get that hysterectomy. <laughs> thank God. But anyway, and that could just be because I'm stubborn and I didn't want to do anything. But when I look at myself now, I'm to say this, and remember I'm Irish, and I don't mean to sound narcissistic or full of it, as we say in Ireland. But when I look at myself now, I think I am doing something that is really making a difference to my appearance and my health. And I can see it. I can see it. And I really think deuterium, that my approach to it, and I will explain that to you, but I think it's really made a difference. I really do. In I'm strong, healthy. I don't have a lot of wrinkles. Like I can see there's a difference. And that's what we want everybody to hear. Because it is available to, to everybody once they understand this, that we don't want to blame everybody, put the burden on themselves, because a lot of it is out of our control that we're getting um, an overload of deuterium in our body. Um, it's also in our atmosphere higher than it used to be. That's not something we can blame us, you know, put on, make a change with, really. Yeah. Um, but what we do want people to know is, you, there is action that you can take. So you can have more control over your destiny than you realize. And so it's just important for us to, for us to give people that knowledge so that they can take it and utilize it to make changes in their future. Yeah. It doesn't have to be that, that difficult either. I mean, a lot of the things they're doing anyway, they just don't have the knowledge to adjust it a little bit in the direction that lowers their deuterium rather than rising it because the problem with this heavy hydrogen this large hydrogen accumulating more and more is it's kind of a downward spiral because the more you get the less you have the ability to remove it therefore the more you get the more you get the more you get so we just want people to you know what you can actually flip that switch by slowly starting to decrease it and then all of a sudden you have the ability, your mitochondria is not clogged up as much, so you have the ability to make more natural cellular energy, which all of our cells are supposed to do. And as they do that, they gain the energy and the capacity to heal itself, which is what our body is designed to do. Our body is has the capacity to heal itself. It's just that the world has kind of blocked that from happening. But the good news is you can unblock it yeah cleaning up the plumbing right now everything works better <laughs> it's like the odds are stacked against us now that makes it hard for people but also intimidating because it's easier to close your eyes and say it's too hard than it is to often make the changes and as well um not a lot of people know about this that's why I have you guys on I just want to go back to what you said about the more deuterium you have the harder it is to deplete is that because the more you have the slower the mitochondria are everything just slows down and everything just slows down so it's harder to get out yeah our body is in so many ways um designed to create homeostasis for example our blood pressure our potassium levels we don't have to think about that it just does it, right? But if it, and the same with the two, and we likely, we know some of the mechanisms that our body has to naturally remove it, to try to maintain homeostasis. And there's likely many we don't even know about yet. That's why we have scientists who are continually researching this. But the good news is, yeah, we get overload where, yeah, we don't have the energy then to remove it. Now, detox systems don't work as well because they don't have the energy. Our immune system doesn't work as well because that doesn't have enough energy to, you know, create um, cells that go and chomp up cancer cells, things like that. So your body just gets slowly, slowly, slowly weaker and weaker and weaker. And unfortunately, people do get to the point where then they don't have the energy to go and learn or do stuff about it. So we, it's important for us for people to have it in their mind 
and making their choices every day about, oh, that food's high in deuterium and this is low in deuterium. And, and just the most important thing is to realise that it is true um, and there are simple things they can do about it and that the more that they understand it, even on a simple level, that they can make choices based upon their knowledge rather than, oh, it's too much, it's too overwhelming, it's what the hell. The knowledge is there for them to go, oh, yeah, okay, let's start in this. And then, you know, instead of going on the downhill spiral, slowly, 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 and sometimes more people are more, you know, really into athletes or beings really have super health, <laughs> they take it seriously and they go all the way. So at least start, just yeah. start. I think, yeah. like Ian said, if you think about it, if you were to just give five minutes to ten minutes a day at doing this, It'll let you live 10 or 20 years longer. Just think about that. Just yeah. thinking about this five to 10 minutes a day, just think, okay, I'll make this choice instead of this one. Not lifting weights, not running a billion miles, just thinking your way through a health style. It will give you that extra 10 to 20 years of life. And, and I'm not speaking out of my side of my ears. <laughs> this is actually scientifically validated. And I'll be glad to provide you those papers. Yeah, on that, we have yeah. a lot of, you know, information yeah. about, you know, where the research has been done. And, you know, people can really, really get into this. There's a lot of information out there. My job, I feel, is just to, you know, <laughs> help everybody kind of understand it in simple terms so it becomes a normal thing to do. There's, I'm excited to get into that in a few minutes on what we can do. But this almost like it's it's not that hard. It's pretty simple. I almost like want to scream off the rooftop. Why do people not know about deuterium? Like it it almost drives me crazy. And yes, I'm probably one of those athletes that goes to extremes. I spend a lot of money on specific things that you mentioned hydrogen. I take a lot of molecular hydrogen in what I believe is deuterium depleted water to some extent, but we'll discuss that in a while. But some of us will take it to extremes because that's just our personality. But for others, there's such simple ways to go about this. There's just one more thing I wanted, um, and if you could just touch on the effects that deuterium buildup has on mental health, because I really believe we have a huge mental health issue on our hands. You go ahead, because so, you can probably explain so, so, that one. So the, the, the funny part is it's almost like Windex. When I say this, everything has to do with deuterium. Everything, period. So there have been, a, a, a Oxford University did a study about three years ago that looked at the, the, the relationship between deuterium levels, depression, and anxiety. And indeed, we're able to see that. So if we see high levels of deuterium, that person's going to have more anxiety, more depression, ESTD, PTSD, all those things are related to that. And that's for a variety of reasons. One it actually has a direct effect on brain and cognition and what we call emotional and mental resiliency, right? You just essentially, if you think about it, you just don't have enough to get knocked. You can get knocked down, but you can't get up. So people with higher deuterium levels, they look like you, but once they get a pressure or something on them, remember, they don't have the energy to fix those other systems so they can't respond to it very well, okay? Mm -hmm. So you're exactly right. The re reason we're seeing now a big increase in mental problems in the United States, North America, and all over the world is again because the deuterium levels are going up. And it's just another chronic metabolic disorder that you're starting to see. We've seen diabetes, we've seen obesity, we've seen cancer, we've seen cardiovascular disease. We've seen more children getting cancer. Now we're going to see a lot more mental issues because remember, the last damn thing that your body is going to do is give up its brain. Remember, yeah. your brain will make your legs fall off before it doesn't get the food it wants. So we're getting to that point now that, oh my God, everything else is broken. And now the only source of energy, or the, when I say source of energy, 
there's not enough energy for the brain now to operate at 100% capacity, not there. So that's the reason we're seeing depression, anxiety. Oh my God. And the and, not, and I, as I always say, and the inability for people to think. We're getting so damn dumb. Yeah, the <laughs> and the clarity. But even doctors now are calling Alzheimer's diabetes type three. That's right. Diabetes mm -hmm. and metabolic condition. So they are realizing that they don't really, unfortunately, they don't really realize deuterium is the culprit, but they're realizing it's a metabolic condition. And on top of that, when you start to not make enough energy to do the things that give you joy, mm -hmm. that you love to do, even to be there to take care of your family, you start to feel low. You can get depressed and you can get anxiety because things are falling apart, right? So it's affecting the brain directly, but also indirectly through your body just um, aging faster than it should be. It does accelerate the aging process. Yeah, which is kind of what I alluded to when I look at myself. I do think I should look older, but I don't. And don't apologize. <laughs> but, uh, what you said there, Anne, with type 3 diabetes, funnily enough, and this is your area, Q, yesterday I was listening to a researcher speak about cancer, and he referred to cancer as type 0 diabetes, which I found was really interesting and I mean, from a science mind, we can connect the dots. But when you throw around these simple words, the general population then goes, wow. So we, your, your area of specialty you, is cancer. And it really was from you that I learned about. There's a large clown running past. <laughs> <laughs> it really was from you that I learned about how deuterium was approved as a cancer therapeutic in Europe. Of course, I'm from Europe. Um, so how, because cancer, as we mentioned, so we're being told is that one in two people now are going to have some sort of interaction with cancer, whether or not it's them or someone they know, um, which is scary. But deuterium, from what I understand from you, because of its metabolic effect, may be one of the main driving factors of what we're seeing. Yeah. It, Maybe I'll just um, have your audience visualize a little graph that sometimes helps. There is a direct correlation between the rise of deuterium on our planet in the last few decades. It has risen in direct correlation with the rise in cancer and diabetes and Alzheimer's and obesity. Um, so that's why I say I don't want people to feel like, oh, they've messed up, they've done something wrong, I had a friend with cancer, I don't know what I did wrong. It's not really our fault as individuals. It's just that mum went to work and there was nobody you know, home to feed the kids. So, um, you know, 60s and 70s is really where uh, convenience foods came along and we did not know. My family ate margarine. Margarine, what do you call it? Margarine, we call it margarine. Margarine. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't know. If they had known, that would have never been on the kitchen table. So we weren't really um, aware of what we were doing to our bodies. So we can't beat ourselves up for it. But that's why we're really trying to give people this knowledge now. I wish I'd have known it a long time ago, yeah. before my dad got Alzheimer's and cancer. So, you know, it's a shame, but that's the way the world works. We didn't know about penicillin and things like that in the way back when. So we just have to appreciate what we know now. But the most important part is that we utilize this knowledge and we take it to heart and we take some action. It's not even big actions, but if they know about deuterium, they really can make small changes that create huge impact. So where are the where are we finding deuterium, not just in our environment, but in our lives? So, so it's deuterium is just a natural, is in every single element. So it's, it's, always, been, it's always been around. Yeah, it's, it's and the difference is that as the things get warm, most deuterium is trapped in ice. So mm. hand is screwing up because you're letting the ice melt and releasing all the all the deuterium of it. <laughs> Letting you're letting the whole world down. So, so because of that, that's starting to now seep into our oceans and go into our air. 
and going up maybe one or two ppm, which doesn't sound like a lot, but it's a lot for people that are already, for a planet and a people that are already under stress, okay? So now where do you find the tyranny? So I've already said an increase in the atmosphere, an increase in our foods, because we now use factory foods. So we have a lot more GMOs. We have a lot more animals that are eating corn. We have a, so now we have we taken the plants, which are usually low in deuterium, but use GMOs and created plants. Now they want deuterium and want to grow fat. They're cheaper. It's great. You go buy your corn at the grocery store. That's not good stuff anymore, right? Mm -hmm. So all these things have been more and more because it's cheaper and then things grow faster, animals grow faster, fish grow faster, insects grow faster, plants grow faster, and therefore they can get things to market faster. And so that creates that, creates that problem. And then we start to fix it with things like you've talked about, different supplements that are supplements like NADH and, and NAC and all these things to, that actually address the symptoms and not the reason for the disorder. So we can biohack, which I love. I'm a original cancer biohacker, but we can biohack our ways out of the symptoms and we can look young and feel younger for a certain time. And then all that will fall apart because if you don't fix the problem, again, it will simply end up biting you in the butt later. May I say yeah. this? Um, so one of the reasons I kept adding to my toolbox is because, of course, I love chiropractic. It's fascinating. And it creates a lot of healing ability in the cell by taking pressure off your nervous system. I love acupuncture because it feels amazing, but it also just works on so many levels, emotionally as well. But they've all, all of these modalities worked much better decades ago when we weren't as broken mm -hmm. down, when we weren't as stressed, where there wasn't so much technology to wear us down. And that's why I felt like, okay, they're all great, but just one thing doesn't work as well as it used to. This doesn't work as well as it used to. So when I heard about really um, allowing the cells to respond better to everything that comes along, that's where I start. So you are giving the body more resilience, making it more robust. So it can respond to things the way it used to decades ago. You know, our grandparents were pretty robust and pretty tough and pretty strong. And I see the generations coming up, they're not that way at all. And it's growing, it's, you know, and um, so I'm just very grateful that there is something we can do to make ourselves more resilient. And especially for cancer patients, Dr. Q, you know, of course, has been a serious Western scientist and was vice president of a pharmaceutical company and did all of these amazing things. But he's learned that if we lower deuterium levels, those um, standard of care treatments don't break the body down as much because you go in there much tougher, right, and you're not going to be worn down. So people can't go through that those procedures without falling apart. Yeah, yeah. and the neat, neat thing, too, is more importantly, we now have invented, Anne and I, have invented tests to actually measure the term in your body. That didn't even exist 10 years ago, mm -hmm. ever. And this is there's been four Nobel Prizes given for this stuff, but we never had a test to look inside a person. And so we've invented, you know, the way to measure it now in your saliva, in your breath, in your tissues, using MRI, all these things to now take these things that were just theory and say, look, here's a picture. Here's here's what you can do today. So now we can look at a person. And we say, don't worry about your telomeres. Don't worry about this. Don't worry about your blood glucose because yeah. your deuterium levels, if are low, or if you have the ability to get rid of it, that's actually going to be the thing that drives your blood glucose levels. That's going to be the thing that drives your your white blood cells. That's going to be the, the thing that drives everything else. So the enzymes in our body are like yeah. lock and key. If you can't make the right enzymes to digest your food, you can eat all the organic <laughs> food you want. Your body mm -hmm. can't utilize it. Mm -hmm. uh, and the testing has been fabulous, and all of our clients are doing the testing. But just so that everybody knows it's a great thing to do. It helps us gauge where you're at and what sort of um, program we make them individually for, um, based upon the information that we get from them, but also from the testing. Um, and I'll just 
tell you this, that in the whole time we've been doing this, it's very rare that people come back with good determinant <laughs> levels. Not to scare everybody, but to make people go, well, okay, now that I know that, maybe I'll do something about it. And the only people that I have seen come back with good levels of deuterium are people that are living in British Columbia, actually up high. They're, they're in their 90s, seeing every day, very robust and very strong. And so I don't want to make people who live in paradise and in the islands feel terrible, but they are exposed to more deuterium because it's it's more humid, they're closer to the ocean, and so they're breathing more in. So that's great. You don't have to move. You don't have to all pack up and move to the top of the mountain. You just learn about this and you start to adopt some things that you actually have control over how much deuterium is in your body. That part um, about the uh, living around the equator, not just because of the altitude, but it's also, if I'm correct, because people that generally live around the equator, they eat more carbohydrates and sugar, and carbohydrates and sugar are higher in deuterium, if I'm not mistaken. That's the reason, actually, people, you know, we've been told for you, stop eating sugar, don't eat sugar, it's bad for you. And now we can explain to people why sugar's bad for you, because sugar is loaded in deuterium. If it wasn't loaded into two, you could use much sugar. <laughs> well, I guess it would still have yeah. an effect on your blood it's, sugar. Well, but. We, yeah, we always make the joke if we could make it a turn depleted donut, we'd be billionaires. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. there's um with my own clients, if they do like a refeed or they go to a birthday party or something, because I always say to them, the cleaner you get your body, the more sensitive you are to toxins. So mm -hmm. what used to feel fine to you, once you clean up your act, you then feel worse. So they might have a refeed meal and the next day they just are so lethargic and they just feel rubbish. And I always was like, well, yeah, because of the insulin response and the inflammation. And then when I heard you say, and it was you actually, that specifically gluten is higher in deuterium, then it just clicked with me. And I went, yes, this is why they are so lethargic and rubbish the next day, because they're getting the extra birthday cake or whatever it was. They're getting the extra load of deuterium, which is clogging up the mitochondria, which slows them down. And then they also get the inflammatory effect. And that, honestly, Anne, thank you for that, because that clicked. Because I did right. know the inflammatory about that. But let's say this. Yes, you know, when you really clean up your act and then you eat something that's not so good for you, you do feel a little miserable the next day. But instead of going, darn it, you can go, oh, I'm actually listening to my body. I'm yes. going to pay attention to that awful feeling instead of complaining about it. I'm going to thank my body for actually informing of me that that's not the greatest thing to do because most of the world, and I've done this too, and this is why I got to this place where I really needed to deplete my deuterium because I was so busy studying and learning and having fun and traveling and visiting my family. I wasn't paying attention to my body, which is actually the general population. And I think it's particular in, in mothers because their focus completely goes off themselves to take care of others. So the takeaway from this, I hope, is that it's not selfish to take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. uh, and, yeah, just take some time to stop for a moment every day to go, hmm, wow. I don't feel so great because I, I chucked through. I'm an Aussie trooper. <laughs> I just kept on going, you know, yep. and then I fell flat on my face. So we don't want that to happen. So hopefully people will learn. My goal is to help people not do the stupid things I did. I Well, Hugh, this is not relevant to you, but women, we are insane. We keep going and going and going. And then you'll ask, <laughs> you'll ask a woman, are you okay? Have you got a lot of stress in your life? When I do consultations, one of the first things I'll say is, so how is your life? Do you have a lot of stress? Oh, no, no more than the average. I just do this, this, this. this. And by the end of the consultation, I'm like, you know, you're stressed up to your eyeballs, right? Like you just, because women, we just keep going and we we just do it. We we multitask, or at least we think we are, and we don't stop to notice this is insanity. Like I'm just going. Whereas a man, and then it frustrates us when you come in from work and you put your feet up and watch TV and you haven't a care in the world, and that gets us angry. We're frustrated, 
But women, we just for some reason don't recognize how much we're actually doing until an outsider says, I couldn't do that. That's insane. Yeah, it's just not paying attention. And even I think when women meet up with their girlfriends, it's all, they don't really have that discussion. They don't really get deep. Maybe some do, but I think a lot of women don't. It's all about, you know, hiding it, hiding. I don't want people to know, you know, it's almost a shame that um, yeah. I'm exhausted. But, you know, or, yeah, or I'm overwhelmed. It's a shame of I can't handle as much as the woman next door can do either. Maybe if we get anything out of this, we'll get women to, hey, call their friends and be uplifting, of course, but just unload and yeah. think about yourself. Yeah. Well, that's a little big part of your practice now. Yeah. It is, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it is. And of course, we're talking about deuterium, but ultimately, we're really talking about the mitochondria, right? Yes. That's the whole what it leads back to. So, yes, we talk about deuterium, but we also know that there are other things that are impacting our mitochondria negatively. So, we start with deuterium depletion, and then we do other tests to check all the other things: chemicals, mold, all the toxins, some of the chemicals. The doctors that I study with can't even pronounce them. This, you know, there's just so much um, junk that's impacting our world. And also there are some nutritional deficiencies that the mitochondria need to create that cycle to make ATP, which is also known our cellular energy. So once we get people cleared of deuterium, then get the body working naturally. And then we start to go in if there's other things that to really clean them out. And, so I have um, I have a few more questions before yes. I let you guys go. Uh, I was looking at the testing. I believe you do ship to Canada, so I can get the breath and saliva done. I had an MRI done when they were looking for other cancers, and had I known that they could have tested, then I would have been like, "Here's fifty dollars. Will you just check me for some deuterium there?" Yeah, it's a shame, but we're just not funded by a big pharmaceutical company to get the word out there and so we appreciate you doing this yeah, yeah. so um the test i'm going to order it maybe i'll be the anomaly that is around 120 maybe less <laughs> um what are some ways because i obviously am aware of ways to deplete, deplete deuterium but what are some ways that you guys encourage people to start depleting or removing deuterium from their body well, they're the obvious way. So here's what, so sleeping, sleeping is important. So everybody stop it. It's the number one thing. So I say, I'm sorry to stop you. High five. Everyone knows I say sleep is number one. I'm in bed by 8.30 every so night. And I'm like, I have no shame. Saturday night, nobody called me. I am asleep. <laughs> that, that is, that's fantastic. It is, it is great and then understanding looking at your sleep to make sure you're getting enough deep sleep and REM sleep and uninterrupted sleep. Yeah, it is yeah. the quality of your sleep also, yeah. not the amount of hours you spend. Because REM sleep, it's rapid eye movement, that's actually a deuterium depleting method for to help our brain remove deuterium through the lymphatic system. And deep sleep is also known as the you know repair stage. It's where your body restores itself. If you're not get if you're sleeping, but you're not getting the deep sleep. That's when your nervous system really comes down. So your new cellular energy that you've gained from cleaning up deuterium can go to work and heal. You know, if you pull a muscle, if anything that's going on, you need that deep sleep, that repair stage to allow it. And and the other things would be like proper breathing, learning mm -hmm. how to breathe. Most people hyperventilate. We breathe too many times per per minute, and we breathe too deeply. That's not the way we're supposed to be. And that's something we were taught as kids and it's not the right way. I'm sure you know all this stuff already. Exercise, you know, resistance training is probably more important than anything else because that builds your mitochondria and helps, helps keep those mitochondria growing and growing and growing. And as we get older, one of the biggest problems that we have after you turn 40 you start to lose about 2% of your muscle mass per year, mm -hmm. right? And so that's, and that's a very difficult thing to get back once you've lost it. So I really say you really should resistance train 15 minutes a week. And I mean, just hard lifting weights. Mm -hmm. You don't have to go crazy for, for that amount of time for 
three or four times a week. Yes. That's um, so people know the more muscle you have, the more mitochondria you have. So you're actually adding little engines into yeah. your body to, you know, create more fuel. Um, the brain, the heart, uh, the liver and the bones are extremely metabolically active, meaning they require a lot of cellular energy to function properly. So, you know, bone mass needs low deuterium. A healthy liver needs low deuterium. To think clearly, have a good brain needs low deuterium. The skin doesn't, you know, it's not as metabolically active. We still don't want high deuterium in there, but those really metabolically active organs really require a lot of cellular energy production. So So does sweating and sauna therapy help remove deuterium? So the answer is yes. But a lot of it just is is happenstance, right? (laughs) Because as you sweat, you're getting water out of your body. And a lot of that water you're getting out of your body has deuterium in it. Because deuterium, if you think about your blood and your wet parts of your body, that's almost like the river that you dump everything into. Yeah. Your tissues are going to have lower amounts of deuterium, if at all possible, if you're not sick. So sweating and saunas and those things do get that out. And it also increases it also increases your heart rate. It increases you know your vascular delivery. It increases things that happen in your gut. So it's very it's a lot of things, but the, the short answer is absolutely. Now the problem is doing it's it's two different when I start talking about cancer, that's a different kind of animal than having a normal a normal body. And what I mean by that is you've got to start to look at the cancer's metabolism versus a normal cell metabolism. Mm-hmm. And therefore we don't, you'll see me uh, or hear me on a lot of podcasts or shows saying, no, don't do saunas. Don't do these type of things once you're determined to plead it, because I'm trying to put really a lot of pressure on cancer okay. cells and not the normal cells. That's his expertise, and so cancer patients really need to speak to Dr. Hugh. But to answer your question so that people know what should I be doing, yes, consuming the deuterium depleted water is important because there's no low deuterium water on planet Earth anymore. Uh, I try to explain to people, like, imagine your car engine, if it got really thick, heavy, gluggy oil in there, it's too much resistance for the the engine to go, and you're not going to get very far, or you might get there, but it's going to be slowly. So we kind of think about the cells inside your body. If it's really got heavy water in there, just flushing it out. You can drive wherever you want. But the other things that you can do is understanding. We have um, an eat right module. So instead of giving people a list of foods, we explain to them why these type of foods are higher and why these are lower. So people don't have to carry a big book with them when they go to the store. They'll just understand it in their head and they can make choices that way the breathing people have to do anyway so if they can learn these techniques and you know start to even exercise doing that these techniques um being in the sun and yes or even though the people who live at the equator are more exposed to deuterium they get more sun so you know nature has kind of helped us that way um and sleep as we explained you know we didn't really consider sleep that important i certainly didn't (laughs) um but now you hear it everywhere. Everybody's, you know, for the last maybe even a decade, decade they've been talking about sleep. So these are all things that people are doing anyway. So just by understanding that, you know, controlling the levels of heavy, big fat hydrogens in their body, you can control in simple ways that you're already doing. Just understanding what, how to switch it. If there were specific foods that we could reduce in our diet to help us naturally reduce what we're taking in correct me if i'm wrong but these are going to be more of our carbs and our starches and our fruits especially for the latitude i'm at which is up north um, where i was explaining to a client earlier that even though we are getting this amazing sun exposure now because of our latitude the uv rays is still not the same as what we would get in florida around the equator because she told me she completely stopped taking vitamin d and she has chronic pain because she gets sunshine she said and i'm like no 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 it doesn't work like that though no that's correct i think the food part is where the most resistance comes from because people just don't want to give up because they get so much joy out of food and i try to find some joy find joy in other places but the good news for everybody to hear, because I did this myself, I went cold turkey. 
a long time ago, actually. I really took control of my metabolism a long time ago. Sleep, not so much. But you won't believe this, that once you do stop it, your taste buds change. And you. for me, the most freeing thing in my life is for sugar cravings to go away. I don't have to jump in my car and go and buy a bar of chocolate. I don't have to. I'm not controlled. I felt so weak, you know, that I was controlled by these cravings. Um, but I just want people to know that that does happen. When you stay away from them, give yourself a little bit of time, honestly, a week even, <laughs> will. So there, um, one thing that has stuck to me and um, that I heard you say on one other podcast but I couldn't find it again and I'm like I have to ask her is am I correct in saying seasonal fruits or eating in season is lower in deuterium and if so why you can go ahead because a lot of it's that is so about what our body has been developed and what we're accustomed to yes. but you so ahead. yeah so it's, it's it's so it's really amazing is that if we did things that were natural we'd be cool So if you were really ate locally, then you would be fine. You can eat high. The the sun is matched with deuterium levels. The temperature is matched with deuterium levels. But what we do instead, we go to our grocery store and we get strawberries and this and all these things. Yeah, that are shipped in from miles away. But actually, I do remember speaking to some maybe Canadian people or somewhere from very cold climates with like, well there's nothing to eat it's snow everywhere so in that case you do use your common sense and you know ancient man didn't have shipped in I don't know what they did <laughs> but um the fact is once you learn this you can't be perfect all the time but there are other things to counterbalance when you slip up and if you in a cold place where there's not much food around then of course you're going to eat things that are brought in from other places, but then you focus on, you know, okay, doing the breathing a bit more or making, you know, just other things. It's all about the knowledge and using common sense because it really is common sense. This That's is common right. sense, understanding this. And the number one thing is, and we all, so 50% of the problem, people eating processed foods. Stop yeah. it. And I'm one of them, you know, <laughs> eating processed foods. And people say, well, I don't eat it. Do you go to a restaurant? Yes, I did the restaurant. That's processed foods. You don't know what's in it. And So it makes it tough, but we do have choices. And mm-hmm. if you cut down on the processed foods, people ask organic versus uh, non-organic. I don't know. It doesn't really, does your body know? The reason you eat organic plants is really not for yourself. It really should be for the workers that have to work in that crop. It kills mm-hmm. them. It's not going to kill you, but it's going to kill them. Yeah. So those are the kind of things. Well, the non-organic foods are covered in a lot of toxic pesticides, oh. which we can check for your yeah. levels. So, you know, I think, it is, wash it, yeah. Yeah, I think it's important if you can, but it's also extremely pricey and lot, many people just can't afford it. So, you know, I think a lot of people are trying to grow their own food. I think it's the way to go if they have a plot of land. I see people growing it on their outside the front on their pavement you know mm-hmm. just grow try to grow your own food if you can but it's a lot for a lot of people to do that so you know you do the best you can you buy whatever you can afford um, and when it comes to that you want to avoid the foods that are, get really high um heavily loaded in pesticides such as you know small things i mean especially berries right because they have a more larger surface area there's more area for the pesticides to cling to compared to an orange, you know, so just educating yourself about, you know, which are the high, highly loaded pesticide foods. Yeah. Well, one last thing is um, for Dr. Collins is in, I don't have a dog, but I have noticed from what a lot of my clients say, a lot of their dogs seem to have cancer, which blows my mind. Why does your dog get cancer? So this is something that you specialize in specifically is cancer. And you, I believe you did some study around dogs with cancer and bringing in deuterium as a treatment. So, yeah, I mean, I had a, what's called the Keto Pet Sanctuary, which is a 150 acres in Austin, Texas. There's a ranch where we had for four years where we bought in over a hundred dogs 
with natural occurring cancer and treated those dogs metabolically with ketogenic diets, with the tyrant depleted water, hyperbaric oxygen therapy, all those things that I then wanted to take and use in people. And we did that. We went from there to doing with people that had glioblastomas in a lot of hospitals around the world. But yes, so why do dogs get cancer? One of the things they're so inbred that they're genetic weaknesses in certain places that will give rise to arthritis and cancer and cardiovascular disease and diabetes. Oh, all the same things that we get, in other words, right? Mm -hmm. So that's one of the problems. The other biggest problem is they don't eat the way they're supposed to eat. So we don't, like, feed, we them. don't. We don't yeah, feed them. We don't right? feed them. You know, yeah. what was really nice about having the sanctuary is the dogs couldn't get in the car and drive to McDonald's. So we knew that it would work, right? Yeah. So it's the same thing. We dogs are, you know, they're natural carnivores, but you can see us that dogs eat a lot more carbohydrates. Those carbohydrates that they eat are really low quality that are deuterium bound. Dogs don't remember dogs don't sweat. They breathe out of their mouth. But we see dogs as they get older, they have breathing problems. They don't get to exercise as much. They don't get to go to sit in the sun as much. And that's what dogs need, need to, to keep them. Yeah, they run need to run hard, play outside. And that's how they that's how they're cured. So any dog now, you're talking about people, almost one out of every, almost every single man by the time they're 70 will have cancer. Period, right? Women is approaching one of two. So every man and one out of every two women in North America which, you know, we're both in North America. With dogs, any dog over the age of 10, if they're not killed by a car, will die of cancer. Think, of it, you know, think about that. So, it, when they, so dogs, so. as we know, have an incredible sense of smell. Mm. And um, if you put a bowl of regular water and a bowl of low deuterium water in front of them, they will go to the low deuterium water. I wish yeah. we could do that. <laughs> um, but also, like all the dogs he took in, they had natural occurring cancers. They weren't given cancer for this experiment. <laughs> but not one dog got metastasis or uh, died from cancer due yeah. to his due to his methods. Yeah, they, they the only dogs we lost were at the beginning, and it wasn't because they died. They died because the cancer was so big, and when mm. we killed it, they died of the toxins from the cancer. It, it and so too, we had we had to, yeah, we had to slow it down. We had to slow the cures down. When I hear someone saying my dog has cancer or my dog has arthritis or my dog can't walk, is this? It, I just think that's insane. That's so unnatural for a dog, let alone human, but for a dog, don't they just live and then they die because they're old? And then it it really comes back to the food they're consuming and like you said and people don't like to hear it's the food and make those changes but if it's impacting a dog like it's just so unnatural because i think dogs from my point of view are very primal pure beings almost like wolves they should just be running around like lunatics after balls and eating raw meats and stuff and to hear oh my dog has arthritis I'm like, is he related to my granny or what's <laughs> happening here? So yeah, it's we, just we didn't know this then and we love our dogs so much. And my my parents had a big family to feed, let alone, you know, buy expensive food for the dogs. Yeah. So they all ate pal. And yeah. I remember palpating that German Shepherd with really big lumps on his abdomen. All of our dogs got cancer. Wow. Yeah. And that that's why Same we with margarine. We didn't know. We didn't know. <laughs> Oh, no, some people still tell me, oh, I'm using this. And I'm like, I think I just had a heart attack. Yeah. Once they have the knowledge, though, I think that people, they love their dogs so much. It's part of their family. Yeah. It's a shame that more people don't know about it because nobody wants to kill their dogs slowly with cancer. Yeah. By no. feeding them the wrong food. Well, this has been amazing. I don't want to take up much more of your time. I'm going to share all the links and resources in the description I will order a test and and if you don't mind I might reach out to you with the results once I get it done oh, and say, no, we'll... say hey I'm only 95 <laughs> <laughs> you're highly likely in a much better range than most people yeah. because you are living a deuterium depleted lifestyle yeah. which actually brings me to think just one last question if you don't mind 
Does fasting help deplete deuterium? Especially if you exercise while fasting, if you pant, if you sweat, if you're getting the REM sleep, by the way, I get two hours of REM sleep every night. If you're doing all the good stuff, does fasting help? Yes, fasting is one of the ways that you deplete deuterium. And that's the reason that all of the groups that fast yearly, all of them have lower rates of cancer and chronic illnesses. Fasting is one of the main reasons. Awesome. Great. Thank you for that. That We'll just leave it on that because that was perfect. So thank you guys for your time. You made my day. And from an Irish person, that is a huge compliment. So thank uh, you. Well, thank you so much. <laughs> thank, you. thank you. Thank you. Thank you.